you have the Upgraded Life podcast. This is going to be episode 48. And in this show, I'm going to bring you Andrew Kaplan. He's an author in the book that he wrote recently is called The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. So if you've heard about Law of Attraction, maybe you wanted to know more about it, maybe you have no idea what it is. Me and Andrew are going to get into it. Law of Attraction, the Upgraded Life podcast. Buckle in. Let's go for a ride with me and Andrew Kaplan. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Sotelo. The Upgraded Life is my personal project where I help people realize and reach their potential. I've been a professional helper for 20 years. Here's what I'm convinced of. The life that you have right now and the life that you want tomorrow is a product of your personal mindset, mission, and movement. Each episode of the Upgraded Life podcast is going to give you something that you can do as soon as the episode is over to upgrade your personal mindset. Your mindset informs your mission. Your mission tells you how to move every single day. And together, that is The Upgraded Life. All right, you have another episode of The Upgraded Life podcast. In today's show, in this episode, I am excited to bring you the one and only Andrew Kaplan. And this man caught me with the title of his book, and I won't give it to you right now. I'll wait for it. Here's a teaser. And, but he's an author. Uh, he has his own project. He's got a lot of things going on. But in our episode today, we're going to really dig into the book that he wrote because it caught my attention. And it's titled, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. And that is a lot packed into one title. So, Andrew, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Looking forward to our conversation. Nick, thanks so much for having me. And uh, it, it's a funny thing about names. The, the name of your podcast really caught me. And it's isn't it funny how we can put things in names that really spell out an intent and almost act as a kind of a guiding northern light for us? So, uh, you know, thank you for the compliment. But uh, props to you for your awesome name for your podcast, man. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate that. And my background has deep roots in the counseling profession. Um, I have a, a doctorate degree in counseling. And since 2006, I've operated private practice in counseling and went through some different renditions or branding, as I now know it to be, uh, around what I called my counseling entity. And I've helped uh, about a dozen counselors launch their own practices and brand their own practices. And so this, you know, I, I do take it seriously in terms of what do you call yourself? And like you said, what, what are you, what, what are you putting out there and the name of your practice, the name of whatever your thing is, I think um, deserves to have some intention. It deserves to uh, be purposeful around the symbolism that's involved. And so, yeah, I'm no stranger to that. And especially in the counseling world, there's so many cliche names out there, like anything with new steps, anything with new and actually new directions, new perspectives, uh, anything with crossroads in it just makes me want to go ah, mm-hmm. gag myself or whatnot. Yeah, it's it's so. funny how things become a cliche so soon, right? <laughs> right. So I appreciate that uh, the name of my podcast, The Upgraded Life, 
um, stood out to you. And, you know, I don't really talk about it a ton because it's in the kind of the very first episode of my podcast, which was terrible. <laughs> like they all, <laughs> the episode one usually is, are for a lot of people, but you know, the concept is born out of idle chat that people have chat that you have at work chat that you have at the water water cooler chat that you chat that you have at social engagements um you might talk about upgrading the things in your life your car your washer your tv whatever your whatever it is appliances and those are conversations that will flow naturally they they kind of develop their own energy and steam to them you know for example we just bought a new tv first time we bought a new tv in like 10 years right um and the conversation that can come up around, you know, well, what kind of TV did you get? Is it, is it this, you know, resolution is it 8K, is it 4K? And, uh, and then people want to come see it. And then people will say, well, I, you know, I talked to my brother and he's getting this one. There's a lot of energy around that. But if you talk about, man, I'm just not, I think I, I'm not getting what I want out of this life that I'm living. You know, I'm not, I think I need to upgrade my life. That kind of, falls flat sometimes most of the time it's just not like a anyway so that was kind of my my thought around there you know the upgraded life and we need to have these conversations that you know life is happening for you and not to you and if you're not getting what you want out of this life you only get it once right well then you may need to consider to upgrade some things and that's Mm. that's where it was was born out of and just kind of my lived experience about what kind of things do we naturally talk about it? How do those conversations unfold? And why in the world would somebody want to come over and see the TV that's hanging on my wall? But when we talk <laughs> about, you know, upping our game in terms of our relationships, in terms of our finances, in terms of our leadership, those kinds of things kind of go, depending on the circles, I guess, that you have and the people that you're with. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. As you were saying that, I, I thought back to, to people I used to know where, and this, by the way, I don't view surface level and deep level one better than the other, but these guys were so good at surface level stuff. And, you know, I could keep up in a conversation with the best of them, but I would often be bored. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I'm sure you could relate. I'm just one of those people that I'm usually like, you know, I'll be at the end of the bar and I'll be having some deep conversation that just goes unnecessarily down a rabbit hole that most people wouldn't consider. Again, it doesn't make me better or worse. It's just like my style of personality and, you know, I'm glad I connected with someone like you. I, that happens to me all the time. I connect with people that just go deeper for whatever it is, oftentimes just in terms of improving your life experience. Absolutely. So let's go by the numbers, Andrew, in, in terms of your book. So how long has it been out? Um, uh, depending on when you publish, uh, about a year. I mean, November 24th, mm-hmm. 2019 is the publish date. And um, it's been a whirlwind and an amazing experience so far, I got to say. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take you to write it? You know, that's the funny thing, because like on one answer, I can I can say like 16 years because it's all based on on this experience through the law of attraction, the ups and the downs and the epiphanies. Um, but what happened was over the summer of 2019, I mean, I, I spent an, a month just taking random notes and opening up about five different Google Docs. But when it was time to sit down and actually do it, mm-hmm. it took me about nine and a half weeks. Nice. So pretty fast. I mean, I had those, those nights where I stayed till 4am mm-hmm. and I went through it with a fine, with a fine tooth comb seven to 10 times, just trying to perfect how I was articulating the message, but, but nine and a half weeks. So I'm pretty happy to, to get it done in that much speed. And, you know, it's like a 200 page book. So it's a full book. Yeah. But that's pretty typical in the, in the, the self-help realm is, a, is about 200 pages, 200, 250. Mm-hmm. So I'm, 
I'm in the process of writing a couple of books myself. So I look up to folks like you that have actually taken it all the way through. Um, so hats off to you. Um, how much of, a, of it was a, a solo project versus you did, at some point, did you get some help and to get it to where it was at? You know, it's so weird. Like everything, like it's about as, as much of a one man show as you could ever imagine. Like the cover, I designed the cover myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I self-published. I did every little piece of it. Um, including the marketing, including the promotion. Um, it's so funny. I, I do have someone who's helping me, um, you know, find podcasts to be on, but I found you. Like right. she didn't even find you. So right. like a lot of this stuff is really just like all me. And I think it helps, I guess, that I've been in business and other things for years past. So I understand marketing and I understand what it really means to refine a message so that, I mean, hopefully you could serve people, but before you serve them, you've got to catch their attention. So hopefully I've done a good job of at least getting people's attention. Um, hence the title of the book. Obviously it's a promise I have to live up to. Otherwise I'm not going to have very good reviews, but it certainly was a title that I was going to hope was going to guide me and, and capture a few eyeballs. Absolutely. And it made some sort of bestseller list, right? Yeah. You know, it's really cool. Um, I know. So a lot of people that write a book can probably relate to trying to figure out like, how do you game the Amazon system? Mm -hmm. And I've heard all these things like, you know, you do free promotions, you tell all your friends, blah, blah, blah. Me, but like, and I've done books in the past and you know, whatever, that's a whole different story. I didn't want to try any of that for this book. So what Mm -hmm. I did instead was I um, posted in Facebook groups with uh, a lot of what I hope was really good content about the book. And I didn't tell people about the book because we know Facebook, you can't really promote yourself. I just gave value. And if people liked it, they found my profile and they found the book. So I posted a lot on Facebook, but I also advertised on Amazon's native platform. Mm-hmm. And between those things, and fortunately, people like, liking the book and giving it solid reviews, the book was um, one of those number one newcomers in about seven categories. Mm-hmm. And within a month somewhere, because I wasn't tracking every day, but within a month of the release, it was a number one bestseller in about four categories and like as of this moment as we're speaking it's never left a number one bestseller list it's been the number one in some category every single day for the past 11 plus months wow that's that's incredible yeah i'm i'm shocked i'm and you know i i'm very proud of the book and and i'm really i'm so grateful for the direction i took but i was not expecting to have a number one bestseller type of thing so all this is gravy to me and I'll, i'll gladly take it yeah so um, huge lesson there. <clears throat> How do you get anything to, to fly? Well, uh, add value to people's lives, right? Get people yeah. to be um, curious about you for all the right reasons. And, you know, and you know, one of the books that's in the wings, I haven't, I just kind of roughly outlined it was, it's a book that I will call at least unless an editor tells me something different, right? <laughs> um, it's going to be called Guru Speak and there'll be a flashy subtitles too. Um, and so that's a little bit of, of what we heard from you for a, a second ago is, you know, I was in Facebook groups and I was adding value. So a- adding value is guru speak, it, mm. meaning it's absolutely true. It's hundred percent true. Like, how, how do you get momentum? How do you build your audience? How do you get people to pay attention to you for all the right things? Well, you got to add value, but then what does that mean? What, what does that mean for, for, for the average person? So when you're in Facebook groups and you say, I'm adding value, give us an idea of what you were doing. Yeah. For, well, like for me, since it was all about the book, the, so the whole goal of the book is basically to, to shift the paradigm. 
because, you know, whether or not you believe in the law of attraction, I believe the book can help because it's all about positive habits and the positive momentum that comes from the habits. But, um, but with that in mind, I was basically putting content out in those groups that was intended to shift someone's paradigm who maybe they're, they're jaded on the law of attraction, or maybe they've tried it and they failed and they don't know why. And it's, it's really just like a hollow echo of what it could be for them. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted to not give a false hope, but genuine, authentic hope, a level of insight and a level of guidance where they can try a new method that I did or, or just get a new perspective that basically allowed them to have just enough of a, of a glimpse into a new way of looking at it that maybe they would try it one more time and maybe they would do it long enough to get a result. And then my content's not teaching them and the book's not teaching them their life experience is teaching them because once somebody, and I'm sure you agree, once you have someone that has a life experience, a result, a success, no amount of money can take it away from them and nothing else can take it away. Like they've got that for life. Mm -hmm. Love it. So let's get into it. Um, and I, I've talked about it a little bit on this show, the upgraded life uh, in terms of law of attraction, but I really haven't, haven't, gone into depth, haven't done a deep dive into law of attraction. So it's in the title of your book. Uh, Andrew, give us your take on what it is and why people should know about it. Sure. Well, it's it's so funny. Just recently on my YouTube channel, I, I did a law of attraction in 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, no one had ever done it before. I challenged myself. So let's see if I can uh, <laughs> live up to that that same yeah. standard. I mean, law of attraction is Mark basically built, built. Yeah. Mark, set, go. Oh, 60 seconds. <laughs> but love attraction is basically based on the idea that we are all vibrational. We're all vibrating. You look at us under a microscope. We're not physical. And basically, like everything about us, including our thoughts, vibrates at a frequency. And so when you're thinking about something, you are sending out that frequency into the ether and everything else in the universe. And basically, that frequency is going to be mirrored back to you, meaning whatever you focus on is going to come back into your experience. Mm -hmm. Now, Obviously, that takes on a lot of different meetings and certain people hear it and they'll be like, well, you know, I've been thinking about this new job and I'm not getting it. I think about it every day. And my response to that is like, are you thinking about your job, i.e. you're thinking about this promotion and you're enthusiastic and you're hopeful and you're excited? Or are you thinking about this promotion and you're frustrated and you're dissatisfied and you're impatient? In other words, are you thinking about the lack of it? Are you thinking about the thing that you don't want? And I think that's usually like the, the fine distinction that people have or that people miss that prevents them from really getting the most out of the law of attraction, honestly, whether it's real or not. It's all about just focusing on what you want. And I'll tell you, whether you believe in it or not, by hook or by crook, if you focus on something with enough confidence and enthusiasm for long enough, something's going to shift in your life and you're going to notice the results. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a bunch of woo-woo stuff, Andrew. Well, so I'm glad, you know, it's funny. It, it is woo-woo. And here, here's the thing. Um, and this is how I explain it often to people. Um, I like you to think of law of attraction kind of like, you know, lifting weights to get muscles. Now, this is obviously a very oversimplified thing. So I want to give you two possible explanations as to, uh, you know, why lifting weights actually leads to muscles. Explanation number one is that you lift weights. And when you go to sleep, the muscle fairy comes at night and gives you muscles. Okay, explanation number two, you lift weights and when you're doing so, you're putting so much stress on your body that your muscles are literally tearing in little parts throughout your muscle. And what your body does is then it heals itself by filling those holes with more muscle protein. Now that's also a butchered explanation, but I'm sure most people would say the answer is that second option, not the first one. 
But I would tell you the real reason it happens is it doesn't matter. All that matters is you lift weights, you get muscles. You put an X, you get Y. And by that same token, whether the law of attraction is real or not, when you engage in gratitude exercises and scripting and visualization, for some reason, by hook or by crook, some way, somehow, you get results. And I can't tell, I mean, I can give you a possible explanation that's law of attraction based as to how it happens, but it doesn't really matter if I'm right or not. What matters is you put an X, you get Y, and that should hopefully be enough not to, to satisfy someone's concern of whether it's woo-woo or not, but certainly enough for them to try it and see for themselves because then it won't matter whether it's real. All that'll matter is the result that they actually get. Absolutely. And I think that, and I was just joshing with you there. I, I, oh I, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I figured out it's, it's a great answer for people that, that do have concerns. Cause for me, it's important that someone that doesn't believe in the law of attraction can still get something out of it. Sure. Absolutely. And I definitely do believe in law of attraction. I think in our uh, message exchange prior to coming on, I told you that I had, you know, ripped through about half a dozen of Joe Vitale's books. And for those of you that have heard, you know, me to say half a dozen, he's written like 80 books. So I've got a long ways to go to get through. <laughs> like all it's of amazing his, guy. <laughs> you know, all, all of us. Um, and, you know, so the, you know, law of attraction kind of hit the, uh, the public sphere with the, the movie, the secret, I think it was rela- released in 2008, something like that. And, you know, I really appreciate Dr. Joe Vitale because um, he has taken it upon himself, as some other folks have, to kind of take the, the secret to the next level. And, and, you know, Dr. Vitale says that we got a taste of law of attraction from the secret. However, there was a lot of things that were, that were left, you know, uh, uncovered, un, unexplained um, in the movie. And that's where sometimes, you know, I, I've seen the YouTube videos. I've seen the people say, you know, law of attraction is BS and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Um, so I appreciate, you know, you and also, you know, Dr. Vitale for um, taking it to the next level and, and really kind of explaining it. And so, you know, one of the things that he talks about how is that, you know, the, the, the universe rewards speed. Uh, meaning that y- you have to be willing to take action alongside of uh, you know you having the positivity and the in the in the positive uh, mentality that you're putting out. Um, so you do that, and then, like you said, it's the, the universe is going to mirror back to you. But then you have to take advantage of that. You can't just you can't be so locked in on I'm waiting for this one thing when all this other stuff is coming and and you're not seeing it for what it is. So the universe rewards speed. Your take on that? Yeah. Well, you also you made a great point there because I think a lot of people they have a certain expectation and they have a certain requirement with the way things have to be, not realizing that you know there's so much going on. Like just the fact that you could blow a whistle, a blow a dog whistle. You don't hear it, the dog reacts, which is just a very easy way of noticing that there are things going around you mm-hmm. that your physical senses are not detecting. And by the same token, that, you know, that house that you want or that job promotion that you want, you can get those, but the universe might have an even better house or a better job lined up for you. And if you could just, you know, sit back and relax and you're right, take inspired action. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's different people that some people will say you can just sit on your couch and visualize and get everything you want. I'd say no. I'd say you could visualize on your couch and then you get really great ideas, but you still have to take action behind those ideas because the whole point of this life is that it's three-dimensional. It's that it's physical. So you need to engage in it. Um, I do think that the universe is going to help you a lot. I do think you're going to meet people. You're going to have great ideas. There's going to be coincidences. There's going to be a lot of things in your favor. The universe is going to conspire in your favor, but I absolutely would agree with what you're saying. It's like, listen, you've got to do something. Take inspired action 
when it's inspired, not out of fear, but out of, out of enthusiasm and leave enough room and enough space with the idea of this or something better. Mm -hmm. And when you have that or something better, you will be blown away by some of the things that happen. Yeah. You know, I was, I was talking to someone, just a quick example. I did an interview with somebody where she wanted to have, um, uh, she wanted to do a public speaking career where she traveled all across the world, even though she didn't like travel, she wanted to reach a lot of people for whatever reason, it didn't work out, but she was inspired to start her own podcast. And now she's like listened to in, in like a hundred countries and she's got like a hundred thousand listeners. And she's basically getting to reach all those people without the wear and tear of the travel because it was the better version of what she'd wanted because she took action still in that route. Yeah. So another author featured in The Secret was Jack Canfield. And, you know, he's the author of the, the Chicken Soup book series. And I love his take on affirmations. So affirmations is definitely part of the, the work that I do with people and, um, you know, what I do for myself every day. And, and I don't know if you've ever sunk into his take on affirmations, but um, he'll have you add the phrase uh, or more or something better. Right. And so if you're, if you're focused on this, is you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to manifest into my life a, a, a vehicle. Right. And so it might be, you know, you know, so for me, it's, I, I, I need a new suburban in, in, in my life for my, for my family and my friends and kind of stage of life. So I might say an affirmation about that, that I'm going to, um, you know, I see myself, you know, driving a 2015 Chevy suburban, uh, fully loaded or better. Right. It's, and it's that, it's that, or better piece. And I really love that aspect of, uh, what Jack Canfield says, you know, we should be doing with our, don't be limiting what the universe uh, is going to bring to us. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. I think the the level of specificity is important if it makes you feel good, but it's not good in the sense that if you're, if you're stuck on that, mm -hmm. if you're stuck on, it has to be at this date, it has to be this mm -hmm. car. Like, you know, I'm, I'm totally open for this car, but I also, like you said, when you leave the door for something better, I think it actually brings that thing specific that you want even faster mm -hmm. because you're not stuck in your energy. You're not stuck in your action. It doesn't feel like a do or die situation in everything that you do on your way to it. And the less pressure you could have on yourself, mm -hmm. the better you're going to perform, i.e. the better you're going to think of ideas, the better you're going to execute on them, the more you're going to invite things, the, the more people you'll find yourself meeting and engaging in conversations that will lead you to that goal. Absolutely. So I, I like to, you know, break, some of these things down, especially for the people that are skeptical about law of attraction, because I think that there are, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of examples in the typical, typical person's life where they have um, been operating. It's a law, right? It's a law. So they have been operating according to the law of attraction, whether they realize it or not. And holidays are coming up right here in the US. And so think about the people that you are looking forward to spend time with versus the ones that you are dreading, you know, to spend time with. Right. And, and what is it about those people? You know, um, people generally don't like to hang around other people that are jerks. Right. right. You know, um, <laughs> think, think about going into a store that's all based on a, a sales dynamic, you know, which, which salespeople tend to be the most successful where they're the ones that 
tend to be the most helpful and the ones that tend to care about, you know, who you are and what your actual needs are versus, you know, selling the one that they're going to make the most, you know, profit on. And, and, and those are examples where the law of attraction is active in our everyday life, whether we want to believe it or not, right? Nobody wants to buy something from somebody who's an absolute jerk, right? Or when you, when you see, you know, two salespeople kind of yucking it up about, you know, could you believe that person? Well, that's, you know, um, those are people that are only, you know, shallow in terms of what they're after. And so these these things are um, uh, present in our everyday life. That idea of uh, the energy that we're putting out in the world is ultimately what we bring back and attract back to us. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I think it all comes down to like, like you said, it's, it's there no matter what. I got an email from somebody the other day where she was talking about, she's thinking of quitting law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And I wrote back to her, I'm like, listen, just so you know, and this is just my humble opinion, you can't quit law of attraction because it's happening. The only thing that you can quit is the process by which you try to invite more into your life. Mm-hmm. You, only, you can only quit a conscious, intentions, intentional use of what you know the law of attraction to be. But the law of tra- it's, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to quit gravity. Well, I'm still on this chair. I haven't started floating up yet. Like it is what it is, whether you believe it or not. And I think it comes down to, you know, if you're going to ignore it, fine, but you're ignoring it at your own peril. And and I mean that not that something horrible is going to happen to you, but I mean that you are missing out on opportunities to notice that it works and therefore notice ways by which you can invite more into your life. I think, you know, try to accept the fact and try it as an experiment. Like Mm -hmm. I would say, do a simple gratitude exercise for five minutes a day for 30 days Mm -hmm. and see what happens. And the beauty is you haven't spent any money to do it. The five minutes that you've spent are good. So even if it doesn't quote unquote work, you're lowering your anxiety. You're feeling better about yourself. You're starting your day off on a good foot. Like you can test this out if you don't believe in it. And even if you end up still not believing in it, there's nothing wrong or nothing bad that can come of it. There can only be wins out of giving it a try. Absolutely. That's one of my, um, go-to interventions when I'm working with somebody who is up against it in terms of their uh, romantic relationships or in their, in their marriage um, is I challenge that person to start a gratitude journal and, and, and specifically focusing it on, you know, the, that person in their life, uh, in, in their marriage or their relationship, their partnership and challenge them to express gratitude for that person. And because yes. ultimately, um, in, in the other metaphor that I use, Andrew, is uh, these big things in life that often drive people to, to seek me out as a coach or in my previous kind of professional world as a therapist, um, things had devolved so much in their lives that it was akin to going into the gym and, and racking up you know, 500 pounds on a bench press or on a deadlift or whatnot and expecting to be able to do it, right? You just, and you can't walk in day one or day two and expect to lift 500 pounds. You got to put in the work. And mm-hmm. same do, doing this gratitude uh, over time consistently, again, that's going to come out in the way that you um, pay attention to your, your partner and, and that your tone, um, your degree of patience, um, the little extra efforts that you might do um, that comes through that discipline of, of showing this to yourself, right? You know, expressing to yourself gratitude um, for that other person. And that's a key. And so when the, when the big stuff happens, you're going to be able to make that lift, right? Or maybe yes. the big stuff doesn't even happen because you got so much uh, grace being extended between you and your partner that uh, 
the big stuff, you know, is handled in a partnership around that. So, um, and then, you know, in the mental health world, they released um, some, some publications, some, you know, studies that pitted gratitude against uh, antidepressant medication. And, and guess what? Uh, a gratitude discipline is just as effective as taking a Prozac or a Paxil or, you know, any of those SSRIs, you know, so, it's, and the ancients knew this, right? Unfortunately, we, we don't believe it. And now uh, we, we need some, um, science to, to show us that we ought to be doing things like having gratitude for the things and for our life and for the people in our lives. Yeah. How, how amazing is that, that it, it does do just as well as, as medication and people don't realize it. And I think it all comes down to, you know, people don't want to feel silly. And I think this is why, first of all, this is what I love about at least the law of attraction methods I've seen and that I teach. Like no one's asking you to, to go and start making like weird chants or weird noises or, or get a spotlight on you. You can quietly sit in, your, in, the, in the privacy of your own home. No one ever knows you're doing it. And you can write things you're grateful for, or you could just think about them. Like you can do something that won't look stupid to somebody else. And I think once people are free from at least that part, they, they've got a lot more room and a lot more wiggle room just to at least engage in the process and, and process and see what they get out of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So for the vast majority of people, Andrew, law of attraction is not going to mean overnight success, right? It's not a quick fix uh, approach. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, you might get surprised mm -hmm. that the, the beauty of the law of attraction is anything can happen, meaning you can get an instant result but I would not recommend counting on one. More often than not, you're not going to get one. And it's not because the law of attraction sucks. It's because you are in a fixed pattern of thought. Again, whether you believe in the energy of it or not, you can call it a fixed pattern of thought. You can call it a fixed vibration. You could call it a combination. It's something that you've got to like, you kind of steer yourself away from. Mm -hmm. You've got to open yourself up to more, but you know, there's no time like the present to start. I mean, you know, you're not going to lose 50 pounds in one night either if you're doing one night of weight training. But if you do it consistently, you're going to feel better after the first two or three times. And then lifting weights or doing the exercises is going to feel better and more enjoyable as you continue through in the process. Yeah. I was I was laughing there and these haven't gone out to video yet. So people may have not seen it. But have you ever seen Tony Robbins talk about how to lose 50 pounds overnight? Oh, I don't remember. I remember he went through. I don't remember the details yeah. he gave. It's pretty easy. Any, anybody literally can do it, but most people aren't willing to to do what it takes, which is cut your leg off. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the average person can lose 50 pounds overnight, but you know, you got to be willing to take drastic measures and that, you know, equates to cutting your leg off. And so, you know, I, I, I appreciate the way that he kind of weaves in humor and some of these things, but uh, yeah. Um, and, and he gets it. In fact, he made, that's a really good point. I mean, you don't want to get something at the expense of something more important in your life. Right. And I think the problem that a lot of us face, you know, and you can't really blame certain people. I mean, they get to points in life where things are difficult, but they come to the law of attraction or any self-improvement philosophy or approach um, from a place of, of desperation and impatience. Right. When instead, the most strategic thing you can do to really get what you want the fastest is just try to come with more of a relaxed attitude just in the meantime, being grateful for what you have, like your legs. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you could be 
having a you you have a boss that you got to go to every single day who just stresses you out well you still got your legs you've got your arms you've got lung you've got air in your lungs you might have a spouse you might have a family you've got friends you've got people in your corner you've got a car to get to work you've got a paycheck like that boss might not be fun but there are always things in your life that you can look back to and be grateful for including whatever device people are listening to this right now mm-hmm. whatever that device is whether it's a laptop or a phone that device serves you in so many ways. It'll let you run the business as a side hustle while you hate your boss. It'll let you publish your own book on Amazon. It'll let you research stuff on YouTube. It'll let you start a YouTube channel. It'll let you do all these things. There's so much in front of us, despite the negative, that if only we would focus on, not only would we be happier in those moments, but we would kind of like grease the wheels so that our brain can think of more things to be grateful for and I believe open up energetically a lot more reasons for the universe to keep us in that state of mind as well. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, how, how did you come across law of attraction? What, you know, where was your entry point? Well, for me, like this was, I kind of viewed like a lot of people when they're, if they're entrepreneurs or salespeople, or they basically have to, to kill their own dinner, so to speak, they often find themselves gravitating towards, you know, personal development, self-help, positive mindset. So like when I started my first business, like 20 years ago, I was just looking at all sorts of different modalities and law of attraction just happened to be one of the things that just came at me. I mean, I learned it probably a year and a half before the secret came out. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of marginally aware of it. And I kind of, um, you know, tried and failed with it for a couple of years. And I never went all in with it, by the way. And the, the reason I never went all in is because I, I just wasn't ready at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I had an epiphany a couple of years later, which I'm happy to tell you about, but I, I learned quick that if you only do this just consistently, amazing things happen. Again, I can't even explain how it happens or why it happens. All I know is that it did happen. And, mm-hmm. and the results that I got from applying this every day, just five minutes a day, really floored me. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes, right? Yeah. That really is like, don't do two hours a day. You're going to get bored and you're going to get frustrated and you're going to get impatient and you're going to stop it. Do it five minutes a day and see how much that gets you. It's going to take you a lot further than you could ever imagine. Um, I was, I caught a a Joe Dispenza video um, yesterday and I don't know, I don't know if he's in law of attraction camp or not, or if he's in his own camp, but uh, what, what, what do you say? Is he in the camp or is he in his own camp? Or is he over? Well, he's in the camp according to Amazon because I remember, <laughs> sorry, Joe, the first time I ever made a number one bestseller list, he was number two oh. in that category. <laughs> so I remember Joe very, even though I'd read him before, uh-huh. I remember him very distinctly from that moment. Yeah. So he's, he's definitely grouped in to, to at least a certain extent. Yeah. So the video was talking about how our programming, right? How we, we literally are executing a program and that program is responsible for everything that we have or don't have in, in our life. And that if you, if you want to upgrade your life, um, then you need to look at your program for what it is and start doing something different. And so many of us, especially, you know, in, in, in you know, Western, Westernized worlds, you know, our program is the alarm go, clock goes off we hop out of bed, we start thinking of, you know, got to get my coffee, I got to get in the shower, I got to make sure that you know, I get in the car on time, so that way I can beat traffic, and then I got to go to work, and I got to deal with that boss that you were talking about, and then I, when I get home, and that's all program, and every, and every, every day we wake up um, with memories of how the day went yesterday, oh man, I, you know, 
burnt myself on the coffee. So I'm not going to get coffee, but then I'm going to be tired when I get to, you know, and that's, it's all linked in the past then. Right. And, and, and how our, our programming, it needs to be forward. It needs to be, um, you know, forward vision casting and whatnot. And uh, five minutes a day, if you were to do your morning routine a little bit differently, can have you let go of yesterday, right? Do the best that we can with today, but really start thinking about uh, what 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 does the future hold for me in changing mm. the the you know our programming around that. Thoughts about Dr. Joe and kind of what his take is on that. Our you know our programming is by default is linked to the past and linked to past emotional experiences, and it's not carrying us into the into the future. So, I mean, the stuff I've, I've heard from Joe, um, I've, I've never disagreed with it per se. And I think he's amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I may just to offer my take. Absolutely. Um, and I put this in the book. So the reason I think we have so much difficulty um, and for you, it's <laughs> you're, you're probably one of the people that you're going to least enjoy this because you understand these terms on a much more educated level. But I'm going to give my version of what I think is three minds that we have. Absolutely. We've got the conscious, we've got the subconscious, and I'm going to say the ego. It could be something else, but we'll use the ego. Now, from where I sit, the ego is more powerful than the conscious mind, but the subconscious mind is more powerful than everything. Mm-hmm. And my view of the ego, non-textbook, is that the ego has one job. And that's to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. And that means the, the money problems you're having right now, the relationship problems, the employment problems, like all these things, whatever's going on. Well, the one thing your ego knows is you're still alive. And therefore, it wonders if you make a change in your life, what might happen? Is it a threat to your survival? So according to the ego, like if you're going to get famous like you want to, maybe you get a stalker and that's a threat to your survival. You want to get that money and your ego's thinking, well, you get that money, all those family members that you don't want to see Thanksgiving are going to come out of the woodwork and try to take your money from you, threat to your survival. So from my view, the ego or whatever you want to call that part of your mind, it is so dead set on keeping the status quo that when your conscious mind tries to make changes, it tries to work out, it tries to do law of attraction methods, the ego is that, that piece of fear or uncertainty or whatever it needs to be, the devil on your shoulder that talks you out of it, that says, mm-hmm. eh, you're not doing it right, or eh, you can skip it today or whatever. And mm-hmm. my answer to that is you want to pick law of attraction methods that are fun to do so that the ego can't talk you out of it. Mm-hmm. And those methods in and of themselves access the subconscious mind. And then the subconscious mind does all the heavy lifting, whether it's sending out energy to the universe to magnify it back or it's helping govern some of activities that you don't realize it's taking the wheel on you for that leads you to the result that you want. In the case of a job promotion, you're carrying yourself better. You have a better cadence to your voice. You have more confidence. You don't mind working on Saturdays. You come up with good business ideas or whatever else might be required. That's like my viewpoint of what's stopping us and how we can get around it. Mm -hmm. I think you offered a a beautiful explanation of of three uh, states of mind and how law of attraction is is the golden thread through those things i think that i think you did a great job there so thank you and, and yeah and that tells me folks again people that can explain it just like andrew did uh that tells you they know what they're talking about right and um you know sometimes if you get lost in you know anybody can go to wikipedia and rattle off some some technical uh terms for these things right so uh, but yeah i i, I think you did uh, awesome with that and i love what your main strategy was there, which was keep it simple, but then keep it fun too. If, if, if it's yes. fun, then it's not uh, alarming necessarily to, to, to your ego or to the ego. I love that. 
Yeah, the, the way I put it in the uh, the intro to the book is um, I draw a parallel in the introduction where the re I give all these reasons why people don't work out. <laughs> and, you know, like I might do it wrong. I'm too tired. Like there, there's something wrong. That I kind of then relay that to like excuses people make for not doing gratitude exercises or whatever. And I pose the question of what if someone walked up to you and they said, um, okay, here's magic ice cream. It's got none of the negative qualities of ice cream, only positive. And just one spoonful a day will give you the body of your dreams. You'll trim fat, you'll get lean muscle and everything will work out perfectly. Well, I use ice cream because I assume you like ice cream, but you can also say a bite of a cookie or a bite of a pizza, whatever it might be. No one's going to pass that up because it's fun and it's easy. And that's the whole thing. When you have something that's fun and easy to get you the result that you want, of course, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I try to lead people towards a gratitude exercise or a visualization or something that they really enjoy, because then they look forward to it. And it's a choice rather than a chore. Mm -hmm. It's something they get to do rather than something that they have to do. Mm -hmm. And that makes all the difference in them building the habit and the consistency and then things just happening on their own for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I, I, really, I really like that for sure. Um, yeah, who wouldn't want to have a, you know, a bite of ice cream every night if it was going to make you ripped? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> imagine yeah. if if only, right, Nick? If only. But that like that's my thing. When I'm saying that law of attraction. That ice cream, i.e., these gratitude methods. Once you do them, that's your ice cream every day, and you're gonna love it. And your life is gonna get upgraded to to speak your language, and it's gonna get ripped. Absolutely. I have a I have a good friend of mine, I and I, uh, I know he listens to to some of my podcasts here. So Heber, if you're listening, I'm gonna. Um, uh, chalk this one up to you and the conversations that we've had, but uh, he, uh, he's my partner in crime at, at work. And um, he brought to me a study one time and he's also has a, a, a background in mental health, but there's a study about um, why people don't save financially for their future. And I want to tell you this, Andrew, then I want you to kind of break it down um, law of attraction style. But so the, the study goes something like this, that if, if you're walking down the street, and somebody that you know, like you bump into somebody, uh, maybe somebody you went to college with, somebody from high school, you know, a coworker or a neighbor, and they say, hey, Andrew, I know this is kind of weird, but um, I'm $5 short. I got to go get this thing for, you know, for this event. And I'm five, can you, will you loan me five bucks? Uh, we're, we're likely at a high, high percentage to loan that person the $5, okay? But if it's a stranger, if it's somebody who totally you don't know, um, stops you on the street and says, hey, man, can I borrow five bucks? At, at a very low clip, um, we're, we're not going to give that, that person the money. We're just not. And um, so how that applies to saving financially for your own future is, well, that future version of yourself is just like a stranger. You know, meaning like when we're 20, 30, 40 years old, we don't know the 60 year old, the 65, the retirement age, you know, person, that person is a stranger to us. We, we don't, we can't see it. We don't have a vision for it. And so therefore we're not saving money now for the benefit of this future version of ourselves. That's really a stranger. We actually spend it on the version of us right now in the here and now, you know, um, so you follow that um, example, like what, what's your take on that law of attraction wise? Well, first of all, I've never heard something put that way, but I think that's brilliant. And I think it's amazing because of course the person in the future is a stranger because there's only one of us, right? There's only one that we can crystallize in our mind. 
And that one's in the present moment, which automatically makes the distant version of Stranger. And I think, you know, it comes down to you're so focused on your present, you're going to ignore your future. You're going to ignore anything other than, than what's selfishly in front of you. And my answer to that, at least from a, from a health perspective, is use it to your advantage. Meaning, what can you do that's fun for your present self who's not a stranger that's going to automatically benefit the stranger as a side effect, mm -hmm. which, you know, again, for me, mm -hmm. I go to, to gratitude or I go to visuals, like something that the you of now, the, the non-stranger can enjoy. And then the stranger just becomes a beneficiary, like off the cuff based on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So keeping it fun again, right? Yeah. Always yeah. keep it fun. Keep it simple yeah. and keep it in the moment. I think what you, you brought me to like a really important point there. Keep it in the moment because you know, if you have a big enough why, you're going to serve your future self to a certain point, but not to the point, not to the detriment of the present moment, not to a point where you're bored or frustrated now. It's got to be something strategically where you still enjoy what you're doing in order to get there. Mm -hmm. And the beauty is it's possible. Yep. That's the good news. You know, working out, some people just enjoy working out, but most people don't, which is why <clears throat> it becomes such a chore and such an overwhelming thing to get themselves in shape. And I, I speak as someone who I've had moments in my life where I've been like fantastically fit, like with a six pack and not so much. And it's one of those things where the, the more I do it, the easier it is to stay doing it. But then I stop for even two weeks and it's this unbelievable mountain to climb to get back in the mode of it mm -hmm. because that's a stranger now I'm working towards. And the, the me in that moment is tired, is worn out and he doesn't want to lift weights anymore. Right, yeah. One of the things that I really benefited from, you know, d diving into Dr. Vitali's work was he really separated, like you were talking about, the, the conscious work from, from the unconscious work, meaning a lot of the things that we um, get marketed to with um, in social media, a lot of books, not, not saying your book, um, um, are things that are palatable to our conscious minds. Um, and what gets in the way, like, you know, for the, for the gal that reached out to you and said, I'm going to quit law of attraction. What, what gets in the way, at least according to, to Dr. Vitali, and I've seen it uh, present in my own life and, and the people that I've worked with is, um, so we can do the mental gymnastics, right? We, we can do the mental exercises, but if there's something down here that tells us periodically, it's not going to work. It's stupid. You did that before and it didn't work. Um, what makes you think that you're so special, right? Those are, those end up being, you know, emotional blocks and, and beliefs that we, um, th that we hold down here. And that's, that's the barrier. That's the thing that, that keeps, you know, law of attraction potentially from, from actually, um, you know, working the way it's supposed to or the way that it could for your life. So the difference between doing the, the work in the head versus doing the work in the heart. Um, and I, that really made a lot of sense to me for my own life too. Um, mm -hmm. And then in, in working with people, uh, working with people is that we can go through the motions and it's important, right? It's important to start there. Uh, but we also have to get down here too. Like, what's your take on that? Or how does your book address that? Yeah, well, for, for me, it's, it's kind of like you just gave a, a really great, from my perspective, as relating to my book, you gave a great example of where the ego comes into play. Again, lying to you, mm -hmm. trying to talk you out of it, 
like keeping you from doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I want to give uh, credit to, to Joe Vitale because I've I've read some of his books and not all law of attraction books. He's um he's a copywriter by trade. Mm-hmm. He understands linguistics. Mm-hmm. He understands the mind, the way the mind works. And well, a thing that I guess he and I have in common, at least in the context of presenting law of attraction or any kind of personal development material is all we both want to do is we want to present it in a way that the mind can kind of like grasp and then implement mm-hmm. all, all I know that I want, and I think, you know, I'm speaking for him unfairly. All we want is for that reader to get enough of a glimpse and give themselves enough permission just to do it and see for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think he's brilliant and I, and I love his perspective. And again, I couldn't agree more. We, we, we let those programs or the ego running in our mind, worried about our survival, which by the way, my view of the ego is it loves you and it cares about you. Mm-hmm. It gets in your way as a misguided attempt to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't want it doesn't want you to be uncomfortable or dissatisfied. It just doesn't care when it knows that you're alive instead. Like when it knows it's guaranteed you're alive, it doesn't care that you're unsatisfied, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not out to get you. So I really am like a proponent of, of thanking the ego embracing that and then working despite of it in spite of it and um you're well more versed on this than i am but in my experience i've seen that when you work the way you're supposed to and you get a better life result you're then showing your ego that you are now alive at this new elevated upgrade upgraded life version mm-hmm. and then your ego can fight tooth and nail to protect that level of status mm-hmm. because it now knows that you're alive there as well mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's embracing your ego. It's 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 um, uh, making peace with it, right? As opposed to suppressing it or trying to eradicate it or um, being mean to it. It's really kind of um, coming alongside of it and recognizing it for what it is, but also kind of saying, "Look, you know, we've got to do something different." Thank you for for getting me here and protecting me, but and we also have to do something different. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it's a part of you and it loves you and mm-hmm. be grateful that this thing loves you so much that it'll fight tooth and nail to, to it's to, to the whole picture's detriment just because it thinks it's zooming right. But it's a part of you. Don't judge yourself for it. Love right. yourself. And like you said, Nick, it's like it it carries a lot of weight when you get to that that moment of accepting it, embracing it it actually loosens its grip a little bit mm-hmm. because you've kind of like almost confused it. It's like, wait, this is new. And now I'm alive. So now there's a little bit of wiggle room to try this new thing and just see where it goes. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways that people could tap into law of attraction, a lot of books, a lot of material, a lot of um, online programs, but your title of your book says, this is the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. So w- what makes that statement so bold? Yeah. Well, for me, it, it all, the whole thing is the way I see law of attraction books is I didn't want to just write another one and mm-hmm. all of them explain the law of attraction. And hopefully I've given it a little bit of a new twist to give people a new perspective and all of them give methods if they're worth their salt. And hopefully I also give methods that are really fun. But again, I wanted to also explain why people procrastinate or hesitate or get in their own way, because I didn't say it's the last law of attraction book you'll ever read. I said it's the last one you'll ever need to read, meaning it'll now be like, I'm giving you everything you could ever ask. Just like, by the way, all the other books did. They just didn't explain that that last part. Mm -hmm. Now it's up to you whether you can finally implement this or just read another book that's going to tell you the same thing that's going to waste your time that your ego is trying to convince you to do. So really my book, the whole point of it was about just loosening the scar tissue, so to speak, of those limits that we put in place just enough that people can try it, get a result, 
And then it's up to them if they want to read another book, but they'll understand that they'll never actually need to. Yeah, I love that. I love, um, I, I run into people every once in a while that say, I'm so burned out on self-help. It all says the same stuff. It all says the same thing. Oh, there might be a reason for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> cliches um, become cliches for a reason, right? Right. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I challenged myself in 2018 um, towards the end of the year to, to read more than I ever have. And, you know, even though I've earned a PhD, I really wasn't a reader. I read out of necessity. I read as it was assigned, but I didn't really have a, a, a habit of reading. And so long story short, I ended up reading 87 books in 2019 and audiobooks. So, wow. um, so re reading and listening uh, to, to, to audiobooks. And, you know, there, I get some criticism um, for that because there's, you know, how could you possibly, you know, internalize the material? Uh, okay. And it, it was frustrating for me on the front end because I had so much reading going on and it was hard for me to kind of place, you know, uh, a thought or a concept or a quote and which book and which author. Uh, but I didn't let that distract me. I just kept going and I kept reading and I kept listening and I kept marking off books and I actually got better at being able to link, you know, concepts, quotes um, to, to books and authors. And one of the things that I discovered is now part of the reason why I read uh, is actually not to necessarily quote unquote, learn the material in a way that we kind of get conditioned to learn material, right? Meaning you're going to take a quiz. Somebody's going to ask you on what page, you know, did it say this? That's not my purpose anymore. It's to, it's almost that, you know, um, discipline of constantly exposing myself to uh, a positive mindset, you know, mm -hmm. and, and somebody who has something positive to say. So it's, for me, it's, you know, akin to going to the gym for my, for my mind, right? It's less about being able to, um, you know, uh, chew down information just to be able to regurgitate it. That's not, that's not what it's for me anymore. It's just that constant exposure to things that are uh, beneficial for me and, and the people around me. I love that strategic full immersion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, if I'm honest, I'll be like, I just can't do another book like this and I got to switch to another one. Right? <laughs> but then sometimes I'll, I'll be convicted like, man, maybe I got to go back to this again and, and listen to it. Yeah. So strategic, uh, full immersion. Andrew, does your book tackle uh, abundance versus scarcity mindset? It, it, it does to, to, I mean, it, it tries to tackle everything. I think um, well, one thing from the book where I tell people is like four of the worst words in in our language that I guess as a combination are I'll be happy when uh -huh. because the, the whole thing is like everything you want like I'll put it this way lack of evidence is not evidence of lack mm -hmm. and I think the whole idea of I'll be happy when I think people forget that once they think of something even though it hasn't physically manifested yet it's been created energetically the, the blueprints there, the map is there, the instructions are there for the universe to put it together. And again, by hook or by crook, if all you nearly need to do is enjoy your life to whatever measure you can while engaging in five minute processes where you're focusing on what you want with enthusiasm and confidence and just enjoying the ride. And like nobody likes to wait for things. And I'm one of them, by the way, 
I don't want to, I don't like waiting for some of this stuff. I've just fortunately put myself in a place where I can wait. Like me, I want a million YouTube subscribers to my channel. <laughs> right now, I've got close to 900. Now, I, I launched it officially in July. So some people, this is all relative. Some people be like, wow, you've already got 900 subscribers. And I'm like, well, yeah. And other people be like, oh my God, that's nothing. It's nowhere close to a million. And my perspective is, you know what? It's nowhere close to, to a million. And that's my Northern star and that's fine. But I've got to stop and think. These are close to 900 individual people who made a decision, made a choice that they like the content enough that they're actually clicking subscribe and they're willing to consume whatever content I put out. That is such an amazing, beautiful thing mm -hmm. that just the fact that I love that so much, I believe fuels me when I make more content. I think it helps me make better content, which then helps grow the channel. By really appreciating those subscribers, I am getting it way better, way faster to a million than I ever could have another, any other way. And more importantly, I'm enjoying the ride. Now, will it take me 10 years? Will it take me five years? Will something happen and it takes me one year? I don't know. But all I know is I've got to enjoy my life to whatever measure I can in the meantime. Mm. I've got to be grateful for what I have in the meantime because there's nothing else. There's nothing else. If you've got nothing else, enjoy and appreciate mm. what you have right now. And again, it's, it's strategic. Like I think joy is a strategy. People look at joy as a, as a result and joy is a result. Joy is a manifestation, but it's also an amazing strategy by which you can invite more joy. Be joyful for what you have right now. And again, law of attraction or not, it's going to invite more joyful experiences. And again, maybe it's just your reticular activating system. I think it's all the same. I think science and magic and the universe and the mind and the subconscious, like these are all terms that are us finding a way to explain something in a way that we understand it. So hopefully we can implement it and apply it and then enjoy life on a higher level, but it's all the same. It's just how you're looking at it in the most useful way for yourself. That's a lot that you just said there. <laughs> um, I was like, what? I don't even know what question I'm answering anymore, but I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, a, I'm, like a, I'm a fire hose, man. You just yeah. like, just water goes full out. Absolutely. It was abundance versus scarcity mindset. And mm. um, so another technical question. So for you, do you, would you equate the, um, the RAS with ego in, in the way that you look at it? Well, I think RAS is more... Um, Again, I'm not a textbook guy. I'm not the psychology guy, but I would align that more with the subconscious mind. Subconscious mind. Because I, I would think it's it's more of a thing right. where yep. it's it's automatic. It's beyond your control. It's not that I don't view the reticular activating system as trying to force an issue. Just like you know, the 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 ego is trying to do something. It's mm -hmm. just it's just a powerful piece of the puzzle that mm -hmm. really helps steer your conscious mind mm -hmm. and your conscious awareness. All right. Andrew, um, I don't know what I want to ask you next. What's going through your mind at this point? Well, you know what I'd love to do for your, for your audience is I'd love to quickly teach one of my methods. That way they can try to themselves and is it they'll decide fun? whether they like it or not. Is it going to be fun? Yeah, I, I hope so, man. In fact, this is actually my favorite method. And it's the method that I used consistently about 12 years ago when I turned my life around in a big way. One of the things was was changing my money situation around completely. And um, I call this method the time-lapse method, and it's a gratitude exercise. And what you're going to do is you're going to write down a list of 15 things. Five of them, uh, and there's thing, there, uh, 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of them are from your past. 
five of them are from your present and five of them are what you want in the future. Mm -hmm. And the key distinction is you're going to write them all in the present tense. Mm -hmm. Now, once you've done this, you're going to jumble up the list. And I don't know if you're typing it and you reordered in your Word document or you rip it up or you just rewrite it, but you're going to jumble up the order because I want the first thing to be maybe a past and then a future and then a present and a present and a future. Basically what I want is I want it to be jumbled up where two thirds of that list are things that have already happened. Meaning when you now go through the list and you read each one off one at a time and you take 20 to 60 seconds to be grateful for it, you're injecting a level of confidence and enthusiasm into the future stuff that's just as powerful as the present and the past stuff. It's basically you're tricking your vibration or you're tricking your psychology or you're tricking your subconscious mind, however you want to look at it, by having two thirds of that list be real and visceral to you and then just dispersing the future stuff in with it. And your brain can't really downshift that easily or that fast. So the gratitude that you feel for the future stuff again, will be just as powerful with just the same level of confidence and enthusiasm and satisfaction as those past and present things, because it'll all be like melded together. It's kind of like why Olympic athletes visualize before their events, because their subconscious, their subconscious mind can't tell the difference between perceived reality and actual reality. So it's just my trick way of doing that with stuff to be grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love that. Uh, exercise in the in the, the the jumbled up part of it too that's um i wrote it down so i actually have a team meeting tomorrow so i might uh i might use that with them um, awesome man i can't wait to hear how it goes and by the way i don't want to oversell it because sometimes you need a couple times but a lot of people they do that first time and they're not it isn't that they come back to like oh my god that was amazing it blew my mind they come back and they're like wow i experienced a level of relief and ease like that a lot of times they don't get the excitement although you might get it but they experience relief and ease around these future things because it no longer feels like something they can't have it feels like something that's on the way or something that's already there right absolutely very very powerful for sure um <clears throat> so you know the people that that know me um, as an individual person, there's a, and there's a there's a subset of my you know podcast audience that really know me you know, in a specific way, and um, so so they know that I I have a you know a Christian background, I have a I have a faith background, and and so they may be questioning you know I've used the words like the universe and the vibe and the energy, um, and I you know I just want to say that you know for my faith tradition and my belief. Um, these things are evident uh, in the scriptures as well. You know, when, 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 when Christians are told to seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. I don't know. It sounds like law of attraction to me, <laughs> mm, right? Um, yeah. You know, and what is the kingdom of God? Well, it's where where peace reigns, where there's harmony, where there is no sick. There is, you know, that's what you're. That's the vision that you're casting for yourself in the future, right? So seek first, and then all these other things that kind of just take care of themselves around that. And so, uh, I just wanted to throw that in there that um, I think most, if not all, of the the, the tradition from the ancients. Um, teaches all this stuff to, to folks and the people that are tapped into those different platforms, just for whatever reason, we, we've ignored it. It's been, it's been in front of us, you know, uh, for, for eons. Yes. And, you know, if I may, Nick, I, you know, I, I intentionally don't even use the word God, not because I'm excluding God or keeping God out of the picture, but just because most people, 
we bring so much meaning to the word, a word like God, mm-hmm. a word like love, a word like sex. Yeah. Um, and it's funnily enough, like I have certain customers that give me like the, the biggest success stories. And I interview a couple of them. I mean, one of them is, is up on my YouTube channel now. And she mentions God, like, at least from my perspective, I agree with you. Like law of attraction doesn't ex- exclude God. It's just another um, combination of my language and verbiage mm-hmm. that's explaining the same thing or the, the way they, the way the world or the universe or the way God or everything mm-hmm. that is operates around them. It's just a way that for some people that have a fixed um, version of God in their minds, that they could just see through a different perspective, but I'm with you. I don't believe this excludes God at all. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for people that want to, they want to know the evidence, right? It's there. They are the, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. I mean, you brought up, you know, Olympic athletes and, you know, the power of, of visualization has been huge, you know, across, you know, the sports world and the, in the athletic world. And so that's where I would point people uh, um, for some easy automatic, you know, easy things that you could Google to see it. Um, they've done it with um, free throws and they've done it with dart throwing. So they actually um, tested one of Freud's theories with dart throwing. <laughs> um, and the, the part that they were trying to, to test was unconsciously, according to Freud, we all have this, you know, kind of lifelong enduring fear of either fear of our father or fear of becoming more than uh, our father was out of, you know, obligation, duty, respect, or whatever it was. And so they would had people listen to a tape before throwing darts. And these weren't professional dart throwers by any means. Right. And, you know, they would listen to a message. One was, you know, it's okay to, to step on a crack when you walk down the, the sidewalk. One was, you know, um, getting up early in the morning is good for you. And, and the other one was, you know, it's okay to, to, to beat daddy. And, hmm. you know, the ones that heard the, I'm okay to beat daddy um, did better <laughs> in dart throwing uh, than, than the other two groups. That's and fascinating. So, yeah. Um, so things that live in our, in our subconscious, you know, um, they've done the same thing with golfers, um, training golfers that when they hit a shot that doesn't go the way they want it to go, they, they train them not to beat themselves up. Right. Um, but they do train them to say things like, you know, my next shot is going to be on target. You know, I've already seen my next shot go, go exactly where it needs to go. And so that kind of simple shift. And then sure enough, they start shaving, strokes off their off their golf game right yeah Um, so the tons of evidence in in the sports world but here's the difference the same thing works in our relationships the same thing works in our finances the same thing works in our careers it's just we don't for whatever reason see how to how to bridge that that gap right but it's you know our unconscious that is that play in all those other uh, areas of our life Um, tons of evidence in the sports world we just need to learn how to, to push that, you know, um, see it, uh, you know, see it before you believe it into the other aspects of our, of our life. Yeah. And, you know, I think the beauty of it is like the fact that we can't see how it really works or how it can work is a gift because all of a sudden then we're not really trying to drive the car. And again, we will take action when it's inspired, when we're inspired by ideas, but those ideas will come to us. It's really just about like, you know, engaging in a process and seeing where it goes and really coming from it like just an open mind, not like it has to go a certain way or has to do a certain thing or it has to be a certain result. Because 
you know, if, if you say, okay, I'm going to focus on a hundred thousand dollars, let's say you're making 50 grand a year. You're like, I'm going to focus on a hundred thousand dollars. And if, if I don't get it, this thing is complete BS. <laughs> well, what if you get $90,000? It's like, where else did your boost come from, from 50 to 90 other than this new process that you engaged in? You know, you know, if you, if you shoot for the stars and you only hit the moon or you shoot for the moon, you only hit the sky, it's still better than exactly where you were at. And yeah. most people would be shocked at how far they can go yeah. and how much they can enjoy mm. if they just open their minds and just try it out and see what happens. Yeah. And I think that that's Jack Canfield's uh, testament in the secret, isn't it? Where it might be, if I remember him, right. He um, it's so funny. So actually I know about this. He, um, he had $92,000 instead, but there's a part of the secret that they cut out. Apparently he had $8,000 left over from a different situation. So he actually got the hundred. So um, in, in his specific situation, he got it in different pieces um, for his hundred, but, but yeah, it's, it is along those same lines. And for all I know, by the way, I may have regurgitated Jack Canfield without even realizing it. Right. right. That might be where this, my example came <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah. So what it was his book I was listening to and, and um, you know, so I, I definitely dis, don't discount that at all. Uh, but as I recall it, um, he had done this with his wife mm. and they had, they had done this manifestation exercise, you know, and I think it was over a book, over the book. I think it was the initial kind of launch of, you know, what is the first uh, chicken soup book. And that was what their goal is. We, we you know, we're going to manifest this book to, you know, bring into our lives a hundred thousand dollars in you know, X amount of time, you know, so 90,000, 92,000. Um, but the way that he and his wife chose to interpret that was, so we got 92,000 trying to manifest a hundred thousand, what will we get if we try to manifest a million? <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and it's like, and I, I don't know what happened. Like, Oh no, we only made 800,000 poor us. It's right. like, look at what you just did. It's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something stupid that I did in, in my book. Um, I gave people an example of like scripting and I did of my own. I talked about how all the four and five star reviews that I get for my book. I wish I just said five because 12% of my, my reviews are four star. If only I only, if I just said five, it would have been like way more. They would have all gone to the five star. I mean, the overwhelming, I'm like over 80% five star, but it could have been more. Yeah. I created that. I like an idiot. I put five and four star in my book. Right. So that's what yeah. I got. Yeah. Six. That's star just reviews. how it is. It went for six star reviews. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I invent a new category on Amazon. That was like a six star review. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and then the more that we kind of dive into people, you know, who have been what we consider ultra successful um, and just pick anybody. I mean, literally pick, pick anybody throughout history that we, you know, that we would deem ultra successful. And it doesn't have to be athletes or celebrities. It could be all kinds of people, uh, you know, people that maybe we haven't even heard of. And I guarantee you, you're going to see evidence of, positive mindset. We're going to see evidence of vision work. We're going to see evidence of law of attraction, you know, any way you, you want to kind of, you know, split it up. Um, and to me, that's where the evidence is, right? I mean, yes. the, kind of the famous story about Jim Carrey writing himself a, you know, a check for $10 million to be cash at a certain date. Well, fast forward, it was the movie, The Mask, I believe that paid him $10 million and it was even ahead of time. Right. And so um, there are just, you know, I dare somebody to find me an example of somebody who hasn't hit that, you know, point of ultra success where some of this wasn't at play for them at some point in time. Yeah, it just works. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. 
I just know that it works. Yeah. And the cool thing about Jim Carrey is not only did he get that $10 million check for the mask, then two years later, he got 20 million for cable guy. Yeah. So the cool thing about this is when people first get that result and they don't stop better things happen mm -hmm. after that first result, whether it hits the mark or just below it, it doesn't really matter because it's not a one-time result that exists in a vacuum. It's basically an indicator of things to come. And it sets them on a new path where they're basically now inviting and available to a lot more in their lives. Yeah. And I thought that I had earlier when you were talking about gratitude and I love the way that, I mean, I love that you focus on gratitude. Uh, at least you have with our time, um, you know, in the, in this show and, but you know, and there's other laws that, that are operating here too. And, and one of the laws that um, I'm, you know, convinced of, and I, and I teach other people is, you, you know, he, he who is face faithful with little will be entrusted with much, much more. Um, and then if you can't be, uh, grateful for what you have right now, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then, then why would this world, this universe entrust you with anything more, right? So it's right. This, this choice of, of being grateful, of being joyful with, with what you currently have. But if you aren't, what, why would you attract anything different to your life? Yeah, you're, you're not, you haven't reached a level of consciousness as a person to handle it. Like if you're a, if you're an entrepreneur out there, you just started a business and you want a million customers. If you can't even handle the customer support emails for a thousand of them, right. you don't even have that system. Like, trust me when I say you want to get that sort part sorted out before you get your million customers, right. because then it'll be a disaster. Like me, even like with the whole YouTube thing, I mean, YouTube's easier because it really can scale and you don't have as much attention, but I'm sure more YouTube subscribers will lead to more book sales, will lead to more people emailing me. And I do have to make sure that I can handle that. So I can't ask for a million subscribers overnight, even if someone could wave a magic wand, because I, right now I am not the man to handle that. I've not reached that level of consciousness. Yeah. I've reached a level of consciousness of 900 subscribers, and that's fine because that's how I get to the million. Mm -hmm. I embrace it, I accept it, and I move forward with enthusiasm and confidence mm -hmm. and gratitude. Yeah. And, you know, other great examples of, you know, the law of attraction being ignored in everyday life is we is look at what happens to lottery winners, right? And people that win, you know, millions upon millions of dollars uh, via the lottery, you know, high percentage of them, 80 to 90% of them um, are actually uh, wind up in a worse financial place um, than what they did or they were before the lottery. Yeah. Right. Which and makes sense. They blow all the money and they burn all their bridges. Right. And now they can't get the job that they used to have. Right. They their their spouse left them. Like who knows? And like I think a smart person winning the lottery would take a portion of that and set up a trust that'll pay out for 10 or 20 years. That way when they do blow all their money, they've got money on the way guaranteed for a couple of years and they've showed some kind of you know maturity around it and they haven't right. been so reckless. Right. And it's that same concept that you just talked about. Like, you know, if you don't have a million dollars right now or $10 million or whatever it is, if you don't have that right now, well, the reason is because you, you don't have the systems in place. Um, you don't have the scaffolding in place. You don't have the level of consciousness in place to be able to, um, you know, build that, attract that, maintain it. But if, so if it's just dumped on you, you know, overnight, you know, like you said, I love that you said you're going to blow all the money and burn all your bridges. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it, it's a heavy bag to carry just all at once. It's got to be something that you grow into. And again, from my perspective, the whole point is 
enjoying life in the meantime, mm -hmm. because while you're waiting for that million, you might already have the man or woman of your dreams. And while you already have that, you know, that like while you're going for the man or woman of your dreams, you might already have the money or whatever. You might already have your health. You already have something mm -hmm. that you, you already have your best friend. You already have resources. You already have resourcefulness, which I know Tony Robbins is big on. Yeah. You've already got something. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it to whatever measure you can while you're going after all the other stuff. Yeah, I'm hearing a Sheryl Crow um, line, you know, coming through in my head. It's not, it's not getting what you want. It's wanting what you got. Right? Yes, I love it. <laughs> I love and that, Nick. She's an incredible story, too. She she was about ready to give up on her career as well in, in the music industry. Another one you can dig into, um, but just refused to, to quit and had a vision for it. So, yeah. I mean, the one thing I love about celebrity success stories is that they're accessible. Like you hear about them. They, they become good examples. Like me, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a big Derek Jeter fan. Mm -hmm. The thing I love about Derek Jeter, it's when he was a Yankee, when he played, is he only worried about the stuff that was within his control. Mm -hmm. Like he, he wasn't known as a home run hitter, but he still hit big home runs because he had a game plan at the plate. And he was only worried about doing whatever it took in that specific situation rather than being like the big superstar and getting all the glory. Mm -hmm. And ironically enough, he ended up with more glory than any other Yankee without trying to get it because mm -hmm. he just worried about the stuff that was within his control. Just like, you know, the, the customer base people have right now within their control, the level of income within their control, just being able to focus on gratitude or visualization for five minutes a day within their control. It's, it's all in my opinion about doing that. And it, it just, it goes so far, it does so much for you. Yeah. Well, Andrew, it's been fun. But we got to wrap it up. Cool. Well, this has been a really, I feel like um, unintentionally, this is my, my preachiest interview yet, but you've, you've basically given me these softballs and I'm such a chatterbox. So thank you for, uh, for bearing with me while I yeah. just spout all the stuff like a fire hose. But I got to tell you, man, I really love this interview. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And uh, you know, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in law of attraction. I've done my own study in it. You have, you wrote a book on it. Right. And so, but I still think it's one of those things where we need more people like you. We need more people like me to talk about it in a way that's genuine and authentic and transparent so that more and more people can, can access it. Right. I mean, there's just a, there's, I think, you know, for as, great of a man as, as he is. And I, again, I don't know if, if even Tony Robbins is in the law of attraction camp or not, you know, I haven't, I haven't looked at it, but there's certain people that look at that guy and cause they don't know him and they're just turned off by him. Right. And but so, you know, I think part of this is getting people like you and me uh, to continue to put that message out there in a way that um, it, it just becomes more and more accessible to a lot of the different people. So I don't, I didn't see it was preachy. I think, you know, your stuff. And uh, like I said, you wrote the book on it. So I wanted to dig into it. Cool. Th thanks so much for having me, man. And, and thanks for asking what I believe are really insightful, really deep thought out questions, because, um, you know, that that's what it all comes down to, man. I really appreciate you. Um, it's probably pretty easy for people to glean based on our conversation, but I always ask folks, where can people who maybe were really stirred by you know, something that you had to say in your message, where can they find you out there, uh, you know, on, on social or, you know, on, on the interwebs? Yeah, well, I mean, believe it or not, the only two links I ever give people, um, like pertaining to the book, is you can go to lastlawofattractionbook.com and that'll go to the Amazon Audible listing. Or if you don't want to pull your wallet out, you can just go to youtube.com slash Andrew Cap with a K. And that's all my free YouTube content. And you, you know, there's a place to email me through there and, and you can connect. But, you know, I figure hopefully you'll enjoy the videos and that'll that'll give you plenty to to consume. Awesome. And 
that's a pro tip there, folks. You know, he wants to uh, grow his channel to a million subscribers on YouTube. So why point people anywhere else other than YouTube? <laughs> He's shaking his head, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Andrew, I, I'm grateful for you. Grateful for this time that we got to spend together. And I look forward to how this has and will impact people uh, to upgrade their life and to learn more about the law of attraction through the work that you were doing. Thank you, Nick. I love the mission you're on, man. You're doing awesome. And I really appreciate you. Take care, my friend. Well, there you have it. A hour plus long discussion on law of attraction. I'm grateful to Andrew Kaplan for bringing his knowledge on law of attraction and showcasing aspects of his book on the show. Go over and buy his book. It's the last book on law of attraction you'll ever need to read. Law of Attraction is something I've done my own personal study on. I've seen the movie The Secret. I've read several books by several authors that attribute their success to Law of Attraction. And I can tell you, just by that conversation I had with Andrew Kaplan, he knows his stuff. He's well-rooted into Law of Attraction. And I don't have his book yet, but I'm definitely going to put it on my reading list. And I'm encouraging you all that if Law of Attraction is something that interests you, you want to know more about it, I think you should go over and check out his book. So I'll put the links to it in my show notes. You can find it on Amazon. Hey, as always, to get the details on this show and to find out more about this guest, head over to my website. My website is www.nicksotello.com forward slash T-U-L podcast, the Upgraded Life podcast. While you're over at my website, don't forget to check out the three opportunity buttons at the very top. They are scheduling a time with me. I'll give you a free 30-minute strategy session. Checking out CBD products from Nature's Ultra. And then also, if you're looking to create an additional stream of income, I can help you out with that too. This takes 20 minutes of your time. Click on the button that says Income Boost. Give me your name and email, and I'll send you a presentation. Thank you again so much for listening to my show, The Upgraded Life Podcast. I'm dedicated to this show because I've seen too many people live a life that just really wasn't about realizing and reaching their potential. So if you listen to this show and you were somehow, some way inspired to take action, let me know by going over to Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review, and that will tell me that you enjoyed the show. This is Dr. Nick Sotelo, and I'm urging you to do something today to realize and reach your potential, and I'll catch you on the next show.